Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 262, and welcome back to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it's a beautiful day out here. Uh, I just always love being out here. It's awesome. Whether I was doing a podcast or whatever, I'm just sitting out here enjoying all of the goodness. Sun is in my face, a little chilly, so it's it's kind of awesome. Well, uh, thank you uh, for those of you who have been patient. Uh, I, uh, I got some awesome time, awesome time over the weekend with my family. It was one of those... I call it, uh, as I was journaling, it's one of those Ebenezer moments. If you know anything about Ebenezer's, there's these monuments that people built when God showed up. And for our family, you know, last 10 years have been about kind of about surviving. You know, we've been through a whole lot, been through cancer. Uh, Three out of the five Gokies have gotten diagnosed. One actually had a three and a half year process battle with cancer. Thank goodness. Everybody is healthy, and so we're grateful for that. We adopted Mika in the midst of that, started nonprofits, shut down nonprofits, made a m- multiple moves. It's just been like one thing after another. And it's just like, you know, we haven't been able to catch our breath. It's just you're moving in the moment you feel like you're going to get settled. Something kind of takes you off course. And, and and maybe some of you like you're in that right now. It's like really overwhelming. And, uh, and I, I sympathize with that. I really do empathize with it deeply. And so this last weekend, you know, we've been in Phoenix for a year. This last weekend was kind of the whole family getting away for like, we went away for like four days and just, we, we hung out, we laughed, but then we just did some planning. We set some goals as a family. We set goals as individuals and kind of interacted and challenged each other. It was so awesome. And then I got an opportunity to pray over every person in our family and, it was pretty emotional. You know, it was like we've been through a lot. It's kind of like getting back from war and, and going like, wow, you know, we're here and we made it and we're survived and and we're still together as a family. I think that was the thing that was pretty overwhelming for me was like, you know, Patty and I are still married and love each other and our kids want to be around us. So we're grateful for that. And, and you know, it just and now we're kind of setting new goals and seeing that God is doing really amazing things uh, through each one of us. And I don't know. It was just one of those really, really beautiful moments as a family. And so I am just unbelievably, unbelievably grateful um, that we got to have that moment together. It's truly a great time for my family. Uh, Thank you, all of you who continue to listen week in and week out. And and for those of you who truly fund the the podcast, just want to say thank you. Many of you give on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash front porch confessional uh others of you send gifts in different ways i really appreciate it helps continue this podcast so thank you thank you thank you really truly appreciate it so much uh the passage for today i'm i'm actually flying to new england in about seven hours so i actually have to take a red eye flying out to massachusetts uh to speak out there not sure if I'm going to make it. Uh, <laughs> I already had to rearrange my flight a couple times. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I'm teaching through Jonah. And so as, as I was going through this this passage, I just realized, wow, there's some really powerful truths in there. And uh, But but Jonah 117 for me is, is, is really special. And it just like jumped out. And it says this, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three 
nights. Uh, if you know anything about me and you've heard any, listened to any of these episodes, you know I'm, I'm not a fan of going to the doctor, not because I don't like doctors. It's just, you know, until something falls off, I'm probably not going to go. So that's kind of been my track history as it relates to, to uh, going to, to doctors. And, and this one time, Patty, you know, I had gone to camp, I came back, and I just, something on the bottom of my foot started hurting, and I started hobbling around. Patty's like, you should go get that checked out. I was like, fine. So she would basically say that every week, and it got worse and worse every week, and finally I couldn't even walk on it. And I'm like, look, it's just going to pass, but it had been like a month. And finally she's like, you need to go to the doctor right now. So I, I go to the doctor, and uh, <laughs> they, they, the doctor goes, what's going on here? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's got something. Well, he's like, you have MRSA. Like MRSA is the worst infection. You can, it can kill you. And it's tracking up your leg. And so he comes to me and he says, I think we may have to cut your leg off. Now, I was supposed to preach that Sunday at a church. And I was looking forward to it. And, and I was like, you know. I was kind of in this delusional state because they had given me some pain meds to kind of monitor or to try to get the pain to dull down. And I was like, if you got to take my leg, take my leg. And Patty's like, no, do not take his leg. You know, so anyway, I go back into the emergency uh, surgery room or whatever, and they do surgery. Now, my wife, on the other hand, now I'm completely unaware because they've given me meds or whatever. And uh, my wife, on the other hand, is waiting in the uh, in the whatever waiting room going, well, is he going to come out with only one leg? So he'll come out, obviously, I have both of my legs. And is sitting there just kind of waking up. And, you know, Patty's like, this is a wake-up call for you, dude. Like, like, come on, man. Like, you can't keep living your life this way. First off, it's crazy that you would tell a doctor to take your legs so you can go preach. And to be honest, I was in this run-and-gun mode. I was in a go-go-go mode. And there was something really kind of traumatic and awful that was happening in my life. And I was completely unaware of it. And I find that God has used these little moments in my life to kind of wake me up. Unfortunately, I wish I could say uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, that circumstance did not wake me up. And unfortunately, in this story, this circumstance didn't completely wake Jonah up. It, wake, it woke him up for a moment, but it didn't wake him up Completely. And, and one of the things I started realizing as I was kind of working through and studying in the story is that this story about Jonah is about me, right? It's about me. And, and like, I hate that. Like, as I read through the story, in fact, it, it, in many of the, the commentaries that I'm reading, they essentially say Jonah, the story of Jonah is essentially like, you need to look in a mirror, like that's how it's it's told. It's told in a way uh, that it causes you to go. Wait a second. I think I might be Jonah, and uh, and Jonah's just continuing to take the hard path, continuing to run away from the Lord, and continuing to complain. And, and to be honest, like we can see ourselves in this story, and that's why it's truly a story about all of us, right? And, but I often think that his story. Right. And our story gets lost in the greater story of what God is doing. You know, sometimes we individualize these stories a little bit too much or we kind of pass through. But but we we look at the character. We go, oh, the main character in the story is Jonah. No, the main character in the story and the main character in every story in the Bible is God. (laughs) That's a really important thing for you and for me to, to recognize and understand, like, truly 
It's about God. And oftentimes we forget to see what God is doing in this story. So, so let's do a little recap uh, as we come to this passage. Is like God calls Jonah right off the bat in verses 1 and 2. Calls Jonah. And Jonah immediately kind of runs away, literally in the opposite direc- direction. And then God causes a storm. And then here's the thing is that Jonah tries to take his life. This is a really important part to understand. A lot of the commentaries that I'm reading, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, the sailors, and he came to the sailors and said, oh, it's me, I'm the guy, like, just throw me overboard. And that was like an act of sacrifice or mercy, but it wasn't, it was selfish, uh, selfishness. Because he's like, I, I don't want it. I mean, because he repeats this like three other times in this small little book. He tells God to take his life multiple times. This is actually the first instance. So he's telling these dudes, like, throw me in the water. Essentially, you know, take my life. Kill me. And what happened? God, and I love this word, appoints a fish to rescue him. Appoints a fish to rescue him. And I find it interesting, and maybe you're like me, right? That what seems like an attack, right? This seems like a direct attack on Jonah. What? God is going to use this fish and this fish. He's appointing this fish to kill and eat Jonah. No, 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 no. This is actually a merciful rescue from a man who's lost. I mean, physically lost, spiritually lost, emotionally lost and what does God do he doesn't go you know what drowned drowned you wayward prophet drowned you suicidal prophet nope he intervenes he appoints a fish to mercifully rescue him and this is what I would ask you to do you know think about your life right now all those moments that you would shake your fist at God how could you How dare you? What if he was rescuing you? Maybe he was rescuing you. You know, think about that idea of appointment. He appointed a fish at the right moment, right? Like he's in control of everything. He's in control of a fish. He appointed a fish to rescue Jonah. He appointed one of his creations to help him, to do his work. And he has control of everything. He is in complete control. And a lot of times for you and me, this can feel completely out of control. And this is where we don't understand. Like now we can like kind of resonate with what Paul is saying. Like Paul is telling you and me who can understand the mind of God, who can comprehend his ways, right? Like we can really come to understand that, especially in the story. Like God, What is it that you're doing? Well, here's a hurt man who's running away from God. And God's like, I'm done with you yet. (laughs) Even in our free will, Jonah has free will to kind of end his life, to run away. And yet God intervenes. God's not done yet. God's plan's not finished yet. I hope that brings comfort to you. I really, really hope that brings comfort in you. You kind of slow down and you realize, maybe, really, I'm not in control. That's a really weird thing to think about, isn't it? And for some of you, the thought of that makes you feel like out of control. But actually, it's trying to direct you to the one who's in control. 
of the whole situation. God's sovereign. He knows what Jonah's going to do. He knows Jonah's going to jump off a boat. He's already got the fish ready. He's already appointed this fish from the beginning of the time and in the moment that it was born to do its job. He knows that Jonah's going to do this, but he's got a bigger plan. And while I don't understand all of that, Paul's like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Who can understand the mind of God who can comprehend his ways, which causes me to do one of two things, rebel or worship. And for me, I want to serve a God who's completely in control because if he's not, then what are we doing here? What is this all about? God is in complete control of everything, of our lives, of creation, of the narrative, all of it. That's why, you know, COVID and, you know, today is a really sad day as wars breaking out in Ukraine. People are watching the stock market. People are worried about gas prices. To be honest, just God is not unaware of all this. And I can either choose to be bent out of shape and worry, be overwhelmed, or believe that there's something else that's going on. And so here's the other thing I think is interesting to point out about this particular story and about this particular moment in Jonah's life. After he gets kind of consumed by this fish, where is he? He's in the belly of this fish, right? Well, for how long? Well, for three days. Interesting. There's something very prophetic about this moment. Very prophetic about this time, don't you think? Three days in the belly of a well or of a whale, of a fish, <laughs> like Jesus in the grave, his death, and then this resurrection power. Jonah and it is in the belly of this whale for three days. And it's almost like God's like trying to tell us a greater story. Like, hey, if you think this is crazy, wait till my son comes to earth and he dies on a cross. And then in resurrection power comes back. Jonah gets vomited onto the shore three days later. What? To continue the work that God has called him to. You and I are no different than Jonah. But we have to realize that, that Jesus is the perfect example of all this. He paid the price. He rose again from the grave. And we now get to live in light of this commission in which he's called us into. And the question is, are you being like Jonah and just continuing to run? Or are you submitting yourself to the plan that he has us? Living in the resurrection power of what it is to be and alive, Right? But for Jonah, there has to be this moment of like, there's a, a form of death in him being in the belly of this fish. And then as he's vomited on the shore, resurrection life. We are to live in the same way. And God's rescue, God's rescue is radical. His rescue is radical. Look what he's done to rescue and ransom us back to himself and commissioning us and giving us an intrinsic purpose to move forward in this world. It's the question is this, when was a moment you realized that you were being rescued? And it might be right now in the midst of hurt, pain, confusion. It might be right now. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for the story that is a reflection. As we look, kind of look in the mirror, look at ourselves, look at our circumstances, and realize that, man, a lot of times our eyes are off of you. So redirect our eyes. Use whatever means you need to and for us to absolutely see you and live in this resurrection power that you've provided for us so take a breath 
reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.